0: Well, it looks like we're live everywhere. Just gotta move this microphone. We're live, but it's cold out. But I think that's okay. Welcome back to the Toronto Beer Podcast. With me, your host, and buddy, if I'm honest, Chris Schreier. Sorry for the delay, guys. I know I normally do this on a Monday night, but as warned... Monday night, I was at Great Wolf Lodge with friend of the pod and genuinely great dude all around, Josh Lake. But what happened was, if I'm honest, I'd spent most of the day drinking gin and tonics by the pool. I was feeling pretty lazy. I was also potentially... Let's just say everything was feeling pretty good at that point. And with that and the fact that... The upload speed on the Wi-Fi at Great Wolf Lodge was like dial-up level of um, upload. It just wasn't going to be on, so uh, I kicked it down the road. And now here I am on a Thursday night at 9 p.m. recording a podcast because I wouldn't want to miss a week because I do genuinely like doing this. Anywho, let's dive right in. It is currently 9:30 p.m on february the 27th it is a leap year so there are two more days in february but in the next two days i will not be recording any further reps which means that this is the last of flagship february on the toronto beer podcast and i gotta tell you guys i very intentionally saved a good one for this now You'll recall last week we had some delicious Ransack the Universe, lovely beer from our friends at Collective Arts. And the week before that, I had the controversial opinion that Steam Whistle Pilsner was in fact the flagship beer of the Ontario craft brewing scene. Controversial, guys. Believe me, I heard I stand by that. Uh, I I I mean I think I made a very valid point and if you disagree with me, you can suck an egg. To use a phrase I like to use around my kids that they find quite funny. What does that even mean, suck an egg? Why would you ask somebody to do that? Anyway, I want to keep this one bleep free, so I'll uh, I'll I'll curtail that. What else you could say? If you disagreed with me about steam whistle pilsner and you're done sucking your egg, take the egg out of your mouth. Get ready to listen to me because I'm not trying to apologize and I'm not trying to change my position. But I will say this. Odds are, if you disagreed with me on Steam Muscle Pilsner being the flagship beer of Ontario craft brewing, you would have said this is the flagship beer of craft brewing. And if you're not watching at home, if you're listening on the podcast, I am holding up a delicious, very cold, very attractive can of Great Lakes Brewing Canuck Pale Ale. Can I get an amen? I'm really hoping somebody just shouted amen. Anyway, that's what we're drinking tonight. The uh, Great Lakes Brewing Canuck Pale Ale, a, a rock solid classic. Oh, there we go. Lovely stuff. Gonna pour it in a beautiful glass here. If you are not familiar with Great Lakes Canuck Pale Ale, and you are listening to this podcast, I would genuinely like to know how that came to be the case. Because seriously, guys? Oh, man, this beer is bold. Um, I heard a rumor from uh, another beer writer here in Toronto that, in fact, Great Lakes was trying to make it out almost as if Octopus Wants to Fight might be their uh, flagship. But I think certainly for the past at least i don't know half dozen years uh if i think great lakes what immediately pops to mind is canuck pale ale canuck is a north american style pale ale think in terms of things like sierra nevada pale ale um very hop forward very hop forward but uh not a crazy aggressively bitter beer very aromatic Uh, I'm dancing around the word drinkable because, of course, it's a liquid that's not poisonous. That means you can probably swallow it, which means you can drink it. But you get what I mean. It's a crusher. You can really lay into these beers and good golly, I love doing it. Um, And that's what we're going to do right now with this delicious, delightful Great Lakes Canuck. It is, I would call that like a honey, light orange, yellowy colored, quite hazy, not a chunky boy. I see no chunks, uh, but quite hazy, quite a hazy boy. Uh, Often you can get a nice bit of white head. This one's dropped pretty quickly because I tend to try and pour gently um, to prevent myself from dumping beer all over my crotch, uh, which would be embarrassing because I am live on YouTube and Instagram right now. So I would not like to uh, to do that. Um, But yeah, you can often get a nice big white foamy head on here on the nose. Oh, good golly. Oh, yeah. I mean, very citrusy. Mm, yeah. A peel and fruit. So kind of orangey, tangeriney, maybe with a grapefruit. Again, that bitterness of the peel, but also the quite juicy uh, sweetness almost of the fruitiness. Mm. I'm not sure if my glasses just touch my mic or my glass. Apologies if there was a rattling in your ear. I just really like getting my nose in here. You know, Canuck, I haven't really actually stuck my nose in a glass of Canuck in a while. It used to have quite a piney hop to it as well. I'm not getting as much pine on the nose. Let's have another sip here, or a sip. I haven't had a sip yet today. Mmm. Oh, guys. I'll let you in on a secret before we talk more about the beer I think I mentioned that I've been doing like three days a week dry Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday Well, I did have some drinks on Tuesday Because we were at Great Wolf Lodge until dinner time And then we went to a bar in Niagara on the lake for dinner I'm not going to have a soda So I actually really only was dry yesterday (laughs) But that was my first beer um, between Tuesday night and now And it, oh man, it's going down a treat Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Now I will tell you on the on the palate. Oh, pardon me, people watching at home. Oh my mustache is out of control right now, which means I have to keep 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 the beer out of it. Um, on the palate, it's um, it's a bit more tannic, a little bit earthier. Um, citrusy quality is definitely still there, but some other characteristics of the hop are, are really roaring in now, and certainly I think pininess would be part of it. Mm. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's almost a little earthy right off the get-go, mm-hmm. and then it kind of transitions through to a bit more of a citrusy. And again, now we're talking more peel, uh, less juice um, on the on the palate. Um, with a lovely, mm, dry, almost a little herbaceous, hoppy finish. Oh, I like this beer a lot, guys. Um, I got to be honest with you. It's a shame that I haven't really given it much thought recently, but this is definitely a beer that I generally just keep in my fridge and I just crush them, crush them. I had some at Great Wolf Lodge because it's a beer that I just want to take with me when I go places. Great Lakes Canuck Pale Ale. Let's talk... Let's talk food first. What are you going to eat with this? Um, just about anything's going to taste pretty good with this delicious beer. Um, again, you know, we were talking in the past couple, well, last week about hoppiness and spicy food. And, um, you know, that could be an interesting avenue to pursue. But I got another idea for you. Just give me another sip second, if you would be so kind. Mmm. I would go with spiciness, yes, but more than that, I want layered characteristics. And I would like you to either procure or produce yourself some delicious, delightful jerk fish, not chicken, kids. I mean, if you want to do it with chicken, go ahead. But I want you to do it with fish. Get a nice, firm, white fish. Ideally, an ocean-going white fish. I'm thinking not sea bass because I got a real bee in my bonnet about sea bass. You know what you could use? You know to would be great? Pollock. Some Alaskan pollock would work really well. Better, but much harder to get in Toronto, assuming that's where you're listening, would be mahi-mahi. One of my things that I love about visiting Florida is it's so easy to get mahi-mahi. And mahi-mahi is such a wonderful, wonderful fish. But I digress. Grab yourself some pollock. Haddock would be fine. Cod would probably work just fine and dandy. Whatever you're going to use. Then, you know, if you're feeling real hipster cool, make yourself some jerk sauce. Um, Not that hard to do if you have access to a decent spice cupboard, as I do. On the flip, you can buy yourself some uh, jerk sauce. The PC memories of I think it's Montego Bay is a jerk sauce and it's it's pretty solid. Uh, Alternatively, um, most grocery stores now in the international aisle, you can get Grace brand products, which are um, typically uh, Caribbean uh, products and and they make a decent jerk sauce as well. Uh, Or you could actually just go to a you could try going to a, a jerk place and just seeing if you can get some of their sauce. It's not wouldn't hurt to ask tell you that for free anyway you're gonna make your jerk chicken or not chicken that's what we're talking about fish and here's one of the differences typically with chicken you do the jerk sauce and then you're gonna finish it over a hardwood charcoaled uh, grill um possibly even letting it smoke for a little while to get it some smoky characteristic with the (laughs) fish you certainly can do that but uh, i tend when i prepare it to do it under the broiler um And it's just a bit easier to manage the fish that way. And I don't find you need as much smoke characteristic, but what you're going to get with this now. So white firm. Marine fish an ocean going fish. Uh, they're fatty, 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 but they, they've they got a bit more fattiness to the fish than if you were eating, say, like like perch or something like that. Um, so right away, we're working with the juxtaposition of the dry bitterness, uh, working with the slightly fattier quality of the fish. But then we're going to lay in a bunch of spices, you know, in jerk sauce, You get all spice, uh, probably some scotch bonnet peppers, which are spicy, but also have a very characteristic um, pepper taste that's very, very, very. Much scotch bonnet they're they're um fruitier i find um the the fleshy taste is is almost more reminiscent of like a red bell pepper than like a hot pepper um and i think that that those are going to play well off of the, the more um the more herbal or or earthy hoppy bitter qualities um i think I got to be honest with you. I haven't tried this in a long time, but it's making me want to make some jerk fish. So uh, it doesn't look like my wife's watching on Instagram right now, but babe, maybe we should put that on the menu. The kids won't dig it, but my golly, I will. And you will too, my love. Anyway, that's where I would go with this. Um, Again, thinking about trying to like, I like the juxtaposition a lot in, in um, especially with pale ales where find other things that you can kind of make a team Batman and Robin, as it were, of the beer and uh, culinary world. Uh, That's the direction I would go with that. Uh, If you want a cheese, you know it goes really good with this, and speaking completely from experience. Mm. I just wanted to have a sip while I was thinking about It's a cloth-bound, really dank cheddar. Like a real... It'd be great if there was a little gray modeling on the cloth bound part of the the cheddar. That'd be nice. Uh, You're probably going to have to go to a hipster cheese shop to get that. You don't see it at Lobos too, too often. But any of your major hipster cheese places uh, that you prefer. We've got the Art of Cheese here on the beach on Kingston Road or Alex Farms on Queen. We have two good hipster cheese shops. Both of them can help connect you with a real, real dank farmhouse cheddar cloth bound ideally um and that would just be delightful let's talk a bit about canuck uh fitting given that we're well not really but kind of we're coming up to a summer olympics in japan if covid19 doesn't cause its cancellation Mm. delicious uh not covid19 the beer i don't think covid19 probably has a taste if it does well now you know what let's not even uh the beer is delicious. COVID 19, nobody's having fun with that. Uh, but Canuck Pale Ale was originally first released as a kind of one off or seasonal offering. Uh, I can't remember which year's Olympics, but it was for a Winter Olympics. And the uh, branding had an attractive um, set of skis and a two because it was called Crazy Canuck, which was the name of our ski team back in the day. The Crazy Canucks, they called us. Um, of course, the LCBO does not approve of uh, sports and beer unless you have a lot of money. If you have a lot of money, you can relate sports and beer as much as you want, but you have to give them the money and, and spend it in, in political ways. Uh, if you're just a normal small brewer, if you try and incorporate sports into the labeling of your beer, you will be told a hard and fast no from the LCBO. So they changed it to Canuck. They changed the branding a bit. And then over the years, it's morphed. And of course, with the um, redesigns that started oh, five years ago now, Canuck was one of the first ones to get done with that very attractive um Uh, I was gonna say animated (laughs) that'd be something if it was an animated label Um, but the the uh, the sketched label of Gordy Levesque the picture of Canadian beer wearing his plaid shirt and his his toque and uh holding a uh an, an axe I'm holding it up for the camera here there's Gordy what a handsome fella big beard curly mustache actually he looks like a guy I know hmm anyway uh that label, in fact, has actually gone through a couple of rebrands as well, although the image has stayed more or less the same. The coloration and stuff's changed a bit over the years. But um, the important thing is the beer, uh, I'm sure, has changed slightly. In fact, one of the things about making a beer consistently over a long period of time is that you do have to change it because um, unlike wine, where when the ingredients change, you just say, well, it was a better year or worse year, brewers don't tend to have that luxury. So if the hop crop that year of say cascade had a funny thing going on, then you have to figure out how to try and adapt the recipe to keep the beer continuing to taste the same way. Or, and in fact, this is where it gets even slightly more complicated. You have to make small changes to edit the beer in a way that it doesn't seem like you've changed the recipe. So you might decide, They say, for instance, with Canuck, I don't know off the top of my head what the hop uh, makeup of the beer is. But let's say it was um, Cascade and Chinook and and Citra, because those are sea hops. And it was given the age of the beer, sea hops would have been pretty important. But let's say now they're thinking, ah, you know, it'd be nice if we could work in some strata. Hmm. Doesn't that sound delightful? Well, they can't just dump a ton of strata in it because the beer won't taste the same and people will be up in arms. (laughs) Believe me. Craft beer people pay attention, and they are not shy, even when they're wrong, to point out their thoughts. So you have to make very, 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 very small. I once had a conversation with the brewmaster from Hacker Shore in Germany, and uh, he was describing this to me that they were made aware uh, uh, at one point that one of their major, I think, barley suppliers was going to be going offline. They They were selling the farm and I don't know what... But they had about 10 years' notice. And over the span of the 10 years, he just nudged the recipe. Little bit by little bit by little bit, so that by the end of that time period, they'd wholly moved away from the ingredient that they no longer had access to. Um, And they did it in a way that nobody noticed, even though he claimed that if you'd taken a time machine back and grabbed one of the beers from 10 years before and compared it to the one in the present day, they would not have tasted the same. It would have been very, very similar, but there would have been a notable difference. But you just allow that difference to happen very, 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 very slowly over a very, very prolonged period of time i <laughs> I kind of forget why I was talking about this. Oh, I think, as I said, Canucks probably not the same as it was when it first came out um, between adapting the recipe for changing uh, palates, you say more tolerance for bitterness and uh, more interest in hop aroma. Um, Also, the potential of wanting to use different or new or interesting or more local ingredients. But for whatever reason or reasons, it's not unbelievable to think that it probably has changed a bit in, say, 10 years or however long it's existed for. The point, though, is that it is still a rock solid uh, example. I mean, of an, a North American style pale ale, and certainly within the province of Ontario, you would be hard pressed to find a better uh, North American pale ale. Uh, and certainly at the price point, I feel like it's still like around two eighty a can, which is forty to sixty cents cheaper than most beers in its uh, in its category. <laughs> Pardon me. Enough of that. But that's the bit where we're at with Canuck. Get this, guys. When I said that one of the reasons why Steam Whistle Pilsner was such a flagship or flag bearer, um, it was its ubiquity. Uh, Canuck isn't quite as well penetrated into the market as uh, Steam Whistle Pilsner. It is still probably got better distribution than like 97% of the craft beers in the province. You can see it at most LCBOs, almost all beer stores. Certainly every grocery store I've ever seen beer being sold at has Canuck. And uh, while it might not have quite the same licensee, which um, is say at bars, um, same reach that Steam Whistle has, uh, it is widely widely available so if you're not drinking this beer give your head a shake and go get yourself some cans of it because it is a delightful delightful beer now i'm gonna have a sip we're gonna flip over to some any other business And guys i have some other business the first thing i have to say is some uh some unfortunate news which is we were talking about the beer diversity summit or i think it was just called the beer summit uh that has had to be uh canceled because they're just wasn't enough um, people signing up for it. It was uh, not um, inexpensive, certainly, but uh, with an eye to industry uh, and, and industry participants who probably ought to have been willing to front the time and resources, um, there just wasn't enough. And that's really unfortunate. Um I don't really know what to say. I mean, it sucks. And I would love to have seen it be, you know, a real mecca of people learning from each other and just generally working harder to make the space a better place for everybody involved and particularly people who are marginalized. But uh, it's been postponed. the good news is uh, Ren, who uh, was one of the key organizers, is, um, I think it's fair to say, hard as nails. So she will bounce back and continue uh, in her efforts to just widen the scope and the reach of of our industry and try and help people um, Well, be better, I guess is what it comes down to. So, uh, keep your eyes peeled Follow her, regardless of whether or not you could or would or wanted to participate in the beer summit, look up Ren or, or, um, beer diversity, I believe is uh, the easiest way to find her on the, uh, the socials. Um, so a bit unfortunate. Um, and, uh, Ren, you know, I love you. Um, hang in there, kid. Um, so that's what we got for that. Uh aside from that, uh, I know I had an email here. Um speaking of diversity, about uh oh. Sometimes when I'm at work, I accidentally delete things and I might have accidentally deleted that. Oh no, <laughs> oh my mouse cursor was right on it. Hey, who's heard of the Pink Boots Society? Because I have. Uh Pink Boot Society is a organization that's dedicated to promoting. Uh, oh, let me actually. Oh, I thought I had a perfect quote there in this uh, in this email. Well, I'll read you their byline or not the byline, but their self-description about the Pink Boot Society. PBS is an educational nonprofit with chapters around the world. We offer support to women in the beer industry in the form of scholarships, a variety of other educational opportunities and a supportive community to grow within. Hopefully, if you have been involved in any way in the craft beer scene in Toronto, you've met one of the many fabulous uh, women working in our industry. I went to start trying to bang some names out there, but you know what? I don't even want to do that because a I would hate to miss somebody who I love, but B, there's a whole lot, um, just within the brewing side of things, there are female brewers throughout the industry who are wonderful and, uh, hardworking and probably putting up with more crap than they need to, but sticking in there. And then when you move into the wider, um, sales and marketing side of things, of course, it's, it's, uh, it's actually kind of, um, you know, positive to see how how um, well-represented uh, women are within within Toronto. That said, it's certainly nowhere near parity, and uh, so we need to continue that. But more what Pink Boots Society is about is uh, working with the women already involved in the industry, obviously, and uh, supporting them in a variety of ways, which is great. And they've done a collaborative brew uh, to support women in the beer industry uh, and It is uh, what we got here. Their collaborative brew day falls on International Women's Day. And so what have we got here? I'm trying to see what the actual date is. I got the date of the release. Um, But they have brewed it, it looks like, with... um, black lab brewing which is fantastic uh oh yeah the, they've they will brew a still to be named dry hopped pilsner uh from yakima chief hops or ych as the cool kids call it um and it sounds delightful it sounds wonderful uh i would suggest keeping your eyes peeled for that beer and when the uh when the day of the release comes you know go uh go to your local or wherever is nearby that you can grab some of that beer uh show some love and support for the pink boot society uh and and very likely enjoy a pretty tasty sounding beer by the sound of it so check that out uh any other events coming up um i don't know i need a sip of beer Mm -mm -mm. well I will mention one just off the top of my head this Sunday if you are listening to the podcast on um very very soon after its release uh recalling that I'm recording this on February the 22nd I believe we're looking at Sunday March the uh 1st um come on down to poppers pub it's not strictly speaking a beer event it's actually a fly fishing event um but i'm pretty one-dimensional and if i'm not talking about beer i'm probably talking about rugby or fly fishing Uh, or guitars so uh, i guess that makes me four-dimensional which means i think that i can travel through time Hmm. This analogy is falling apart, but the point is, come down to Popper's Pub. I think they said the time was 6 30. Uh, it's going to be a really interesting um, discussion uh, presentation on Atlantic salmon fishing in the Gaspé region, which I know sounds a little uh, niche y, but the reality is, we actually have a pretty good uh, Pacific salmon run right here in the city. I caught a couple of monsters in the fall, boy. Anyway. Um, so there's some cross application, but much, much, much more importantly, if you've been interested in fly fishing, but never really known how to even look into it aside from that one time that you watched a river runs through it and, um, you know, found, um, Brad Pitt highly attractive while fishing, uh, hey, Come on down to Popper's Pub this Sunday. The guys from Drift are going to be there. There's a speaker whose name is escaping me right now, but he will be discussing uh, Atlantic salmon fishing on the Gaspé region. But much, much more importantly, an amazing way to kind of connect with the community, uh, learn some more about fly fishing. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a fantastic time. And Popper's is a fun pub. Um, pretty sure there's pretty much always some black oak pale ale on top there, which is a wonderful example of a British style pale ale. Um different than uh, the North American pale ale we are drinking tonight. Incidentally, that or, um, nut brown from them would be, I would say their flagship. So anyway, poppers pub, you can look it up, uh, check out drift outfitters if you want more details and, um, We'll have to see, but there's a good chance I'm going to come to that, which is, you know, a rare Sunday out for me. But we'll see what we can do. Uh, No Six Nations this weekend. um, And so we got until next week. But obviously you want to check that out. Hit me up. I got a great place to watch it. And I think other than that, I think we're going to call it a day. I was going to tease out I was supposed to have A um, friend of the pod Who was mentioned At the start of this episode, Josh uh, Co-host uh, While we were At Great Wolf Lodge But then obviously When it didn't happen That got bumped It actually works out well Josh has actually Been staying away From the beer uh, Recently More into whiskies And sort of That sort of thing So I think In the month of March I'm going to do A whiskey week And I'll drink A whiskey or two And I'm going to see If I can get him To hop on the pod And uh, we could discuss Whiskey together And then the question Would just be What sort of whiskey should we consume a scotch whiskey or japanese scotch whiskey or perhaps an irish whiskey or an american bourbon mm, bourbon i like that or a canadian there's some wonderful wonderful whiskeys coming out of a couple of the um, small independent distillers in the area so get at me let me know if you've got one in mind that you think we should check out uh aside from that next week It is not Flagship February anymore, and I need suggestions. So uh, come at me, bro. What should I drink? I'd be curious to hear your ideas and your thoughts. Holy moly, this episode's almost half an hour long, and I got an episode of Silicon Valley to watch, so I got to run. It's been great. Sorry again for the late release. Uh, I hope this is a little, little, little surprise in your Friday morning podcast feed. If you're like me and look at that feed every morning and hope there's going to be something juicy. I hope this was juicy. I don't know what that means, but for what it's worth i hope it's so other than that uh hey guys it's only gonna be a couple of days till we do this again so monday uh sometime after nine look for me online if you follow me on instagram or youtube otherwise should be in the feed tuesday morning for you and until then Take it easy out there, guys. A lot of snow. Some rough weather today, too. Holy moly. It was a day, wasn't it? Shovel your walks, please, guys. Um, As a mailman, I really appreciate it. And I guarantee you, all your neighbors appreciate it, too. Take care of each other, eh? Uh, Because, guys, we're all in this together, okay? And uh, I've been saying, you know, you don't know what the walk people have been having. You do if you didn't shovel your walk. It was sucky and covered in snow and maybe ice, so... Anyway, and rant. Take care of each other out there, guys. Be safe, and I'll talk at you on Monday.